Good evening, everybody. I am bored out of my mind, so that's why we're on um, um, on the podcast, because boredom. And also, I needed to do something creative with my brain. So um, for those of you who didn't make it into the Rogers Table chat room, remember, you have to go to Facebook now, go to the group, click on chats. Um, and you'll be and you'll see a list of chats there. And currently, we have two: one for questions and writing questions, and one for the podcast. But there could be more in the future because um, I was thinking maybe we could make a couple different chats for different issues, like um, you know, brainstorming or plotting or something like that. And then um, Jilly had mentioned wanting to do a um, a write-in chat as well. So um, the group chat format um, in Facebook is actually kind of cool um anyways we're gonna get started and i had a whole bunch of different i had a bunch not a whole bunch i had a few questions um for the podcast about which one we would use and i stumbled across this one and we both went oh like it was magic so it's magic we're gonna put patrick shepherd in charge of atlantis and see what john does it's gonna be great for us (laughs) i don't know about john John's going to have to adult. Yeah. Can't have any of that crazy crap. (laughs) Just imagine the lecture he's going to get about all the shit he's done on Atlantis. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. And I, I don't even think that the suicide run would would um, would would rate as one of the things that Patrick would be bent out of shape about. You don't think that would feature heavily? Because I do. <laughs> well, I think Patrick would understand why he did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still think it would be a discussion. Yeah, there'd be a discussion. Ta-da. Patrick Shepard joins the the Atlantis expedition. There are, there are a couple of ways to do this. I mean, he can like what if he replace Weir from the outset? Or what if he replaces Weir when Weir gets captured by the replicators? So Yeah, I think I I'm always more interested in canon interrupt. Well, this is just my preferences. I'm more interested in interrupting can- Stargate canon earlier than later, um, mm-hmm. which is why I usually would do stuff in season one or two. When was she captured by the replicators? Um, let's see, season four we had Carter. Season five we had Woolsey. So um, I guess season three. So I mean, replicators is early enough that I mean I I think that there's something to be said for replacing her when they first thought about replacing her, which is when they called her back to account for that um, Michael shit, right? Yeah. Is that why what she was called back? Was that the first time we meet? Um, not first time, but I mean, when we was it over? It was when the wraith were headed towards Earth. That was in season two, right? Let's see. And it was because season of two at the end, the super hive is heading for Earth. John does a Bobo fat maneuver. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. 
um, the super hive ends up in orbit. And I don't know, I don't remember, I don't remember if Weir was called on the floor for that. I just, I don't remember. <laughs> I have to go look it up. Um, there was the one where she was called back to Earth, um, and and they were, it was sort of a... Now, her, John, and Rodney all came back to Earth second season um, in the opening before the Ancients kicked them off the city. Um, And that's when John is promoted to Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel. Um, Yeah, you could could justify, I think, replacing her right then, because I think that her shenanigans, um, if anybody wrote any honest reports from the military side about the way she acted out there, could get her replaced. But I'm trying to think of the one where the IOA specifically thought about, specifically the first time the IOA questioned her suitability. And I thought it was right after that Michael stuff. Um, (laughs) I probably should have looked this up before the podcast. I'm not chewing anything. I'm opening up a granola bar, though. God, call me out and shit. (laughs) She would lose her shit if um, John and Rodney um, turned on her, especially considering how she lobbied so hard to keep John as the military leader. I mean, she went to the wall for John when when they went back to Earth to keep him. And so for him to turn around and basically stab her in the back is see, this is the, this is when it becomes a characterization for John issue. Um at this point, John and um Elizabeth have had some um issues, but not so much that I think that he would reward her loyalty to him. By utterly fucking her over. Now, I think after Duranda, either one of them would have turned her, um, turned on her. But most especially Rodney. Because she was completely unprofessional um, during that whole situation. Yeah. Which, and that was, was that season three or season two? It could be because it's season, it's season she two. thought it's season she two. could control John. But John John has a few um, outstanding personality traits that are really prominent, and one of them is loyalty. Um, so I think if you, in order to get him into a situation where he would turn on her like that on a dime – after she helped get him promoted and let and, and got him to keep his place on the city, it would have to be extreme. She would have to do something extreme in that circumstance, in those moments, to make him turn on her. Her motivations would have to be revealed. Um, 
uh, in a very shocking way. But here's the thing where you don't have to adhere to canon. What if Elizabeth isn't the driving force keeping John on the city? If she lobbies to have him replaced. McKay gets wind of it. McKay is like, uh, no. I need my super gene carrier. You need to shut the fuck up, lady. You know, you could go from there. So, um... Well, which scenario do you like? I mean, there's, there's, I think there's several ways you could do the uh, her getting ousted. They could do a thorough review um, because Landry was the one doing the review of. So you could even have it be that Jack just gets involved um, and actually looks at that. Dan, you could have Daniel send Jack the, the the reports from what was going on out there and instead of Landry doing the review. Jack does it. Um, and have her ousted as leader because she arguably she had to have, I mean, it's kind of Fanon, but I mean, it, I think it makes sense that her being in command of the mission once the um, Wraith were discovered was violating the expedition charter. Cause it doesn't it's make ridiculous. sense that they would, yeah, it doesn't make any sense that they would send um, a civilian out there to be in charge, a, a diplomat, no less out there to be in charge in a, in a military situation. Um, so you could argue that um, Jack has grounds for telling the IOA to fuck off and that the only reason why um, that ever went as far as it did, that would be like season two, episode two or something like that. That'd be even pre-Ronin, um, that Landry was the one who let the stuff, that let her performance slide. Um, so you could you could do the, you like do a, like a canon interrupt with, Rodney talking to Daniel about something and Daniel sending information to Jack. Um, you could do it after um, the the Trinity episode. You could do it um, um, after. I mean, there's there's all kinds of fodder for good reason to get rid of her over that shit with Michael, which ultimately led um, the Wraith to Earth. Right. Um, it was astonishing. I mean, the IOA had good grounds for investigating her, and the episode was mis- misbegotten. It was in season, it was early season three. The IOA had good grounds for for investigating her, and yet they just basically let it go. All of the all of the points that they had for why there was a pr- problem with performance out there in Atlantis were legitimate. So, I mean, so the question is, what if you were writing this story, which point feels most appealing to you? Would you want to prevent Trinity from happening? In which case, I would think right after, right after they make, re, you know, when they when they initially go back to Earth to debrief would be the point where you'd want it replaced. If I'm going to do a canon divergence, um, at the point of Duranda, it has to be that John comes down on Rodney's side immediately. Yeah. Um. Because science has failure, and um, I always felt like John's response was disproportionate. That it felt more yeah, personal sense, than professional, um, and it was his, bad writing. His sense of personal, 
it was yeah that, that way he he kind of you know emoted personal betrayal was so weird especially considering that literally everybody on that expedition fucked up a time or two including john well you know did you ever read um sandstorms because it comes up in sandstorms when john when when rodney just has his fuck up just just completely goes off on everybody um after um what he goes through um and they're trying to treat him like he's fragile um and he he turns to john and says you woke the fucking race and carson he's like do you want to talk about how many people are dead on hoff because of you how about the race elizabeth do you want to talk about how a super hive got into the fucking solar system of earth because you wanted to negotiate with people who think we're fucking food I mean, he just went off he pointed out all of their mistakes um Obviously not verbatim because I haven't read it in a long time. Sandstorm fucked me up. Great story. It's by Mithron. It's on Race Bait. Fantastic story. It fucked me up. It is not I, for the faint I of tried. heart. I was wondering if it was a story I was thinking of. Um, what I had, I only got partway through it. It was too angsty for me. Um, Torturous. At least at that time, at the time that I read it, I couldn't deal with the angst level. But it's well written. What I did read of it was well written. But I got to this point where I was like, oh, no, I can't deal with this anymore. Um, yeah, I've got the link here, though. Uh-huh, no, I've lost the chat. I have too many tabs open. But I feel like if I wanted to um, to write that, it would be uh, a situation. Well, you know, honestly, it's like, there's a there's a there's a short story I wrote um, about John and Jeannie um, after the shrine, and um, John um, says you got to pick the weapon, you got to pick your weapons carefully. And what if after Duranda Weir tried to get McKay thrown out of the Stargate program because she feels like he failed her personally, and that's how she reacted, and that's how her and her John, and John both reacted. So even if John is initially angry, he's like, there's an immediate about face when Elizabeth tries to remove McKay from the city. In this case, what if John picks the weapon on Earth that no one sees coming? His father. You mean his father? Mm. Yeah. I think maybe only O'Neill knows that, or really has only O'Neill has really um, caught on to the idea that Shepherd Industries, um, who builds their ships, uh, is also, you know, uh, that's John's father. Or whatever like that. Um that that would be one way to do it. Another way to do it would be um, for um, you go ahead. I need a noodle. <laughs> Me go ahead. I would talk about another point. Um, oh. 
so so there's two, so this is two factors on so this is just a comment about generally um There's, so there's like two factors here about like what which way to go. Um, one is there's the issue of what is the best cannon interrupt to get Weir off the city, and the other issue is that what's the best way to get Patrick on the city, and they don't they won't always match up. Just because you can get Patrick on the city with one doesn't mean you can get him on the city in another spot, or it's less right. obvious how to do it. So like you picked a really good spot that could get Patrick in. Um, whereas I think, like, bringing Patrick in, you'd have to really do some interesting um, back work for how Patrick right. is involved in the program to get him in at the beginning of season two. Right. Like, like to the point that maybe John doesn't even know he's involved in the program. Now, that's an interesting idea. Because it, it's not uncommon to see uh, – you've done this. I've, I think I've written Patrick as a retired admiral. Um, I think in canon he was in the Army at one point, and then they changed it to he was an industrialist. Of course, in the pilot, John was not Air Force. John was wearing an Army uniform. <laughs> Oh, oh, right. Okay, but but he was okay, okay. But um, so what I was thinking was that um, well, it's canon that he hasn't spoken to his father, but that's one of those things I think that I'd be comfortable disregarding. Um, but you could you could go you, this. What I'm thinking could go either way, which is that um, what if you do that whole trope of Patrick as an admiral rather than. Um, that he's an industrialist, mm-hmm. um, and he takes over the SGC for instead of Landry. So when John comes back to Earth, he's meeting his father, and he has no clue that's what's about to happen. Oh. <laughs> I like that, but that doesn't get him on Atlantis. Unless he oh, decides it, to go to Atlantis it, and then land it could you, mean, you could do the whole idea well it it could be that you could do the whole thing that it's not necessarily um um it's really disconcerting <laughs> to run out of ink pens when you know you have a bunch of ink pens. It's like where'd all my ink pens go? Where'd all the rum go? Well, but you could do the thing where um, Patrick resigns um, to become a civilian so he can lead the expedition. Because he would certainly question Elizabeth's choices. Although it's a little bit, it's slightly strange. I wonder how that would be if John, if Patrick is running the expedition, he's a civilian leader. John being the military leader, would they even let that happen? You know, in reality, no. <laughs> on on Stargate, probably. 
Because in reality, I don't see two siblings having... I don't see John being the commanding officer of one of his own siblings. Does that happen? I It could. Of course... Honestly, that is the least of the things I do in TTB uh, in, in ties that bind would, that would be a violation of military code. <laughs> yeah, well, ties that bind is really different. Conceivably, the UCMJ reads very differently in the ties that bind universe. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> I think that I would honestly think that military that the military would actually work to prevent siblings from serving in the same command. No matter their rank. Yeah, probably. But um, but the SGC might also be an exception to that because, um, if especially if what they're really after are gene yeah. carriers, and you've got four yeah. or five of them in the same family, they're going to be like, well, we won't put them on the same team, but let's get them all. We need all those. <laughs> we need all the. We, we we need all of them, and some of them. <laughs> Then you'll get a van. <laughs> I mean, they might do something like if you had four siblings in the SGC, there might be a, a, a directive from on high or something that you can't have more than two of them off planet at any one time. I could see them doing something like that to try to uh, honor the spirit of of um, continuing not having line. siblings in the same yeah not having siblings posted in the same combat zone um, but yeah so I mean I think you could I think because it's a fantasy universe I mean it's a, a fictional universe obviously it's sci-fi but it's it's a fictional universe with a fictional set of problems where they are already doing things that wouldn't be done in 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 other branches of the service anyway, and in other, in other postings. So I think you could make some arguments for, you can't be ridiculous, but I think you could make some arguments for some things being stretched. And they probably would waive a lot of stuff to get the right gene carriers in the program. The five Sullivan brothers were World War II sailors who, Starving together on the light cruiser, the USS Juno, were all killed in action on its sinking no, around November 13, 1942. As a direct result of the Sullivan brothers' deaths and the deaths of four of the Borgstrom brothers within a few months of each other, the U.S. Department adopted the sole survivor policy. I'm going to click on that and see what that says. The sole survivor policy or the DOD Directive 1315.15 Special Separation Policies for Survivorship describes a set of regulations for the military of the United States that are designed to protect members of a family from the draft or from combat duty if they've already lost family members in military service.
So what this is saying is that if you have three sons and two of them are drafted, the youngest one won't be. So that you'll have a, a son or a daughter to carry the family name. So it doesn't actually mention service, but I imagine that each military branch has their own policy regarding this as far as like, you know, siblings serving together. I think there's something. And if you, if you're, if you're, Siblings and you are all in the military, and one of and you become the last remaining of your siblings. You can request discharge based on that. Okay, so as of an article that I was reading, I'm reading here in 2006. Yeah, it says that the army, the army specifically, still permits family members to serve together, but they can ask to be separated. And this was this came up after. Um, three siblings were headed to the same base in Iraq. They did mention the Saving Private Ryan thing um, on the Wikipedia article, but I skipped over that. Um, so, but uh, I, you know, <clears throat> I think that um, in the realm of fan fiction, that um, most readers aren't going to blink an eye if you bring. Um, siblings into um, out of all the complaints I got about ties at Bond, not a single one of them ever mentioned <laughs> anything about the fact that Matt Shepard was John's brother. It, it just, it just, it was never something that came up in the complaints that I got. So I wouldn't worry about that part too much, but it is curious. And I like, you know, I, I like to learn new things. Yeah, sometimes I like to know the regulations I'm breaking, even if I intend to go right out and break them. Yep. <laughs> you got to know the rule before you can break the rule. So where would you want to do your thing? I mean, it's tempting. Have you pondered? It's tempting to, like, skip things that I wouldn't want to address or write in the first season. Like you in know, the first um, season. Like, well, if I, I, I wouldn't want to send Patrick out there as the leader going out. Yeah, you'd have a if if he went out as the leader, things would go very differently. You'd have a lot of rewriting to do. Right. I mean, that would I wouldn't want the ripple effect unless he goes out and John doesn't. Well, that's an interesting idea. And then second season comes around um, they come back to Earth and Patrick reaches out to John. Is he glad as the military leader? I don't know. He wouldn't have to. Well, I think if he he went out as the military... Go ahead. I was going to say, I think if he went out as the military leader, he would have seized control of the expedition. Boom. (laughs) When the race, but so what, Elizabeth. What would be interesting is that what if Elizabeth Weir was never there? What if when Jack O'Neill, taken by the Asgard, and Weir was put into place, what if instead of Weir, the IOA tapped Patrick Shepard? 
And Patrick Shepard is in Elizabeth Weir's place the whole time in Antarctica and then on Atlantis. Hmm. Well, I mean, it would work. It's a complete rewrite of season one. It would be, which is why I wouldn't want to do it. But it's it's something that um, that I think would be interesting to read. So, yeah, I don't think I think for just for me, both as, as from a writer perspective, I wouldn't find that as like this really satisfying as getting rid of Weir, just preventing her from ever being there. It's not quite as much fun as getting rid of her. Right. Um, Well, the thing is, if, if I think if Patrick were involved in the program, it seems to me that they, he would be involved based on the power of his gene, and they would probably then immediately test his kids. Right. Can you imagine Jack O'Neill making that phone call? Yes, Major Shepard. Um, I need to have a conversation with you. Bring your brothers in. So your dad's in another galaxy. We got a letter for you. Oh God, what? What if Patrick sends his letter? You know, Pegasus letters from Pegasus, and they get the video. And so there's John and his brothers watching the video of their father telling them goodbye from fucking Pegasus. (laughs) (laughs) In that case, I think I would make him the military um, leader. Um. And him being at at kind of a loggerheads with um with Weir. Yeah, it's bad. well. I think the loggerhead would be. I would imagine he like he, I said. I think that he would have seized command control from her, and um, she would have come back to Earth in season two, bitching up a storm about him, and trying to get the Iowa to get rid of him. I I think the idea of Patrick being out there instead of John is a fascinating idea. But like you said, I don't know that that's a story I would actually want to write. <laughs> I definitely want to read it, though. I, I read the fuck out of it, though. Yeah, I would totally read the fuck out of it. Lady Holder, are you paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> We'd read the fuck out of it. <laughs> Why not you? But, uh, <laughs> Why me? <laughs> I, you know, because Julie and I have both wrote stories that are kind of Patrick focused, and you haven't. So there you go. It's I, your I, turn. I like this reasoning. <laughs> I'm a rational bitch. She can logic her way into anything. No. You go in your corner and you stay there. <laughs> 
So if he goes and Rodney goes and Rod, ooh, no, and no. <laughs> how did you even think of that? Because she's wrong and perverted. You're right. There, I, I, I'm going to do a retraction. There is shame in your basket. Go to the corner. <laughs> All the shame in your basket. All of it. There's an unfun corner, you know. We're going to have to clean her corner out is what we're going to have to do. I like the idea of of for me wanting to write a story like this, it would be about John and Patrick's relationship. And um, mm-hmm. um, so I need circumstances then that um, would make things um, difficult. So they have to work for it. They have to work to resolve their issues. Like John's all stiff back and yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean? And just like, just utterly, you know, stonewalling like the whole time. I actually had considered when I, I'm still noodling my April project, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do a Star Trek, I mean, a Stargate um, plot drift. I had noodled the idea of Patrick finding out about Sebastian um, being on Atlantis. Because in that little story I wrote, The Bridge, it comes up, and um, Jack O'Neill mentions, you know, Jack, John's father, um, who's retired, uh, taking Sebastian, and John says no. He doesn't even want to talk about that. Um, but what would happen if Patrick, my Patrick from what might have been, finds out that not only does he have a grandson, but that grandson is in Pegasus with John? Well, I think I think that Patrick would be in Pegasus just like that. Boom. <laughs> like, okay, O'Neill, you sent my son. I think actually if I wrote that, I would want to write and I I know you guys would probably freak out a little bit, but I think I'd want to write John as an only child. I'm making a terrible terrible face at you. I know, but how does Patrick justify leaving David, who's his canon son, behind on Earth with David's wife and children um, to go to Pegasus? Well, David wouldn't have a wife and children, and he would take David with him. <laughs> He's choosing one child over another. Um, so, but the not idea David goes like, with him in in human, not human nature, in um, the air the angel breathes. Um, John's an only child because he mutated and his parents separated. Um, so, and I also think John being the only child would up the angst of their separation and make Patrick desperate enough on a ship and go to another galaxy to reconnect with his son. Well, well, there's another reason he might be desperate enough to go out and reconnect with his son. Which is? It's the only son he has left. 
Oh, God, you're worse than me. <laughs> well, let's just agree already that Matt and Alex don't exist in this world because we're not going to kill our well, own yes. OCs. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to so, kill those darlings. Um, Never. So they never existed. Uh, So what, David's killed in a car accident? Oh, oh, what if the NID kills David? Oh, my God. Wow. The trust that killed Sebastian's mother in the bridge. They took him hoping he'd be a gene carrier, but he's not. So O'Neill has to pick Patrick up, and Patrick is a gene carrier. And O'Neill has to explain why this rogue terrorist agency killed his son, and then he has to explain where John. See, now I gotta write all this stuff down because I love this. I love this. Now in canon, I think David had children, right? Did he? I don't know. We're gonna go with no because I don't want to have to deal with that too. Um, maybe Patrick is kidnapped with David, and David is killed trying to get them out or, or escape or something. Or maybe he dies. Yeah, maybe he dies right before the SG. And maybe Patrick was going to die too. But they get him instead. Yeah. But it could be... The, the thing is, if they go after... It could be breeding resentment. I think there's, there's something you have to figure out how to address. Which is if David dies because they went after... Um, the family because of John's genetics and the family never had any kind of warning. It could create some tension slash guilt issues. Well, that's human, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, they're already going to have a whole bunch of tension guilt issues anyway. So why not add that on top of it? (laughs) (laughs) You're already going to be miserable and angsty, so we'll just go ahead and add some more. Add some bread to that shit sandwich. Uh, Because that's the thing. That's the thing. But even, see, the thing is that John had no way whatsoever of warning his family. Yeah. His situation is literally an official secret. He didn't even know about Sebastian. And he does what any reasonable father would do. He takes his child out of danger. And since he doesn't have any contact with his family and hasn't for years at this point, the only reason they come up is if because O'Neill suggested that maybe Sebastian could go live with Patrick if John didn't want to take on the responsibility of his own child. Which I could, even when I was writing it, in the back of my mind was like, O'Neill's going to judge the fuck out of you. <laughs> O'Neill's already judging the fuck out of you. <laughs> because I, when I put that together, my first thought was, is that 
no matter what O'Neill is saying, he really wants to keep Sebastian. And he would if he could. <laughs> he would keep him. And but he knows it's not safe for him and he knows that he, you know that Sebastian really belongs with John. But he wants to keep him. So I so I hope that that came through in the scene that that Jack had these feelings and he just he just wanted, you know, what was best for Sebastian even though he wanted to keep him, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think it did. Poor Jack, he's having feelings. I have seen David have two girls um, in in fan fiction stories, but I don't know if that's canon. I'm looking up David to see if there's any information about David. Well, there's not any information about him on the wiki. Well, John never mentioned having nieces or nephews, did he? No. Not that I remember. But I would write David as um, single because and, and childless. Because, again, if Patrick goes off planet with that situation, he's a total asshole. Oh, I'm going to go to Pegasus to be with my estranged son and the grandkid I didn't know about, and I'm going to I'm going to abandon my two granddaughters on Earth who just lost their father to murder. <laughs> because that won't be an asshole maneuver. <laughs> so, no, there won't be any kids. Yeah, there's nothing even, there's nothing on any of the information about John either that says that he's got family besides his father and his brother. That rogue Asgard Loki did clone O'Neill. Eventually, cloning technology falls into the hands of the Trust because they cloned an Asgard. And that technology falls into the hands of Ball, who clones himself a hundred times. Because what else would a vain motherfucker like Ball do? <laughs> of course he made multiple copies of himself. <laughs> of course he did. Of course. <laughs> I'm perfect. There needs to be more of me. <laughs> no, motherfucker, there's already too much what of was, you. What was fascinating about the Ball cloning is that it wasn't just the human body they cloned. They cloned a symbiote, too. They gave it a whole package. Because every one of those clones was ball. Deeply unfortunate. But on the other side of it, the actor who played him was kind of (laughs) hot. In a mean, emperor mean kind of (laughs) way. Did you ever watch Flash Gordon? Anyways...
the wall kind of way. I don't know how you could be talking because you're in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) You said a bad, terrible thing, which you have not apologized for. You violated my OTP. My original OTP. (laughs) There should be a ton of shame in the corner. (laughs) Sitting in its basket. This is probably true. This is probably true. She probably does talk in her sleep. Um, my husband talks in his sleep when he's stressed out. He puts on a veneer of being a very nice person at work. And so in his sleep, he cusses out all of his coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that was a motherfucker, apparently. <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm hot as hell. Oof. I meant physically, not like appearances, but both, you know. <laughs> okay, so which story idea are you which which thread are we fo- are you following? I like the idea of um of Patrick and David being kidnapped and David being killed, probably defending his father. Um, because they're, they're, they're looking for the gene. Um, and that the SGC manages to rescue Patrick. And that Patrick is given a couple of choices, you know, um, and they tell him about John and Sebastian and Pegasus. And maybe he's given a couple of choices as far as like um, um, what he would like to do. Um, maybe even Icarus. Uh, and he chooses to go to um, Pegasus. I think even if Patrick weren't injured, that David would come to his defense. Yeah, John or David would would come to his defense immediately. Um, even when John be like, "I'm not, I'm not going to talk to you," but hold on, I'll get this guy's ass from looking at you, bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Yeah, it's sort of like that. Only I get father. to give my dad. <laughs> only I get to give my dad crap. Not you, asshole. Oh my. God, as she's ruining me. Make her stop. This is terrible. This is the most terrible thing I've ever seen. Well, she says that, but what she wants to do is break John's heart. She's she's trying to make it sound yeah. altruistic, but she's trying to break John's heart. What she's trying to do. She's already broke mine. I don't even know how I'm going to live from this. I think that maybe if whoever captured them 
kills David, that Patrick might have a semi-psychotic break. <laughs> and by the time, I mean, you know, he could just be sitting there in a room full of dead bodies by the time <laughs> O'Neal got there. <laughs> well, now that could be entertaining. Nothing with a little bloody mayhem. Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't think there would probably maybe be like two or three people um, with them um, keeping the kidnapping low profile. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think that... Um, Either In the end, it doesn't matter which one of them is left, but that's the fact that I want to take Patrick to, to Atlantis. The survivor would lose their shit. Yeah. Well, John, despite being estranged from his family, if having his father come back into his life that way would totally lose it. So what they sent Patrick out there as would depend a little bit on what you decided his biographical information was. Well, in most of my writing, Patrick is retired military um, and working as an industrialist. That was my way of um, kind of bridging the canon. Um, in what might have been, he's active duty Navy, uh, but for the most part, I write him as retired military. Mm-hmm. He could take an injury during the kidnapping because in in ties that bind, he had to retire because he had to get his knee replaced. Um, but he could take a career-ending injury during his kidnapping. So would they send him out there with the idea that he's going to be the civilian leader? Or is he just they're just going to park him there to keep him safe? Maybe he goes there. Maybe maybe he decides that he wants to go to Pegasus and O'Neill and maybe Woolsey ask him to evaluate the city. Evaluate Weir. That's an idea. On the fly. Well, he might have. Maybe they're already looking at him and thinking, you know what? He's got military background and he's not a dumbass and he could probably keep Shepard in line. And even retired, and even retired, he'd probably still be called admiral. So, you know, it would be it'd be interesting um, to to send him out there as a because Weir thinks he's there to for his own protection, um, whereas he's quietly investigating and evaluating the entire city. And he might have some words for John about. Why are you following this dumbass? 
why didn't you report the fact the way she behaves, you know? He might have some thoughts on that. Well, I would not want to send him to Atlantis with a physical disability that could make him vulnerable. But if he were shot in such a way that he loses a kidney, he wouldn't be allowed to remain active duty in the Navy. You don't get to serve if you only got one kidney. That's a fact that came up in what might have been when the SGC bent the rules for Ian um, because he lost a kidney when he was shot. Yeah, I mean, it would be death duty or retirement at his age. Not on active duty, they don't. They end up writing a desk. I think that if you lose a limb in military service, um, if your skills don't translate very well to a desk um, in a highly valuable skill set, that you're going to be you're going to be discharged. Yeah, they want someone like to do with you. Anything someone you officer officer level um, um, levels like admiral, captain, commander. It would greatly depend on what their skill set was. I think, um, like a jag lawyer. Yeah, you can keep your yeah you can keep your desk job. <laughs> you know, captain of a ship. Nope. I think it would just greatly depend on what the skill set was. You know, a very valuable skill set. But then, you know what, though? I mean, considering the current environment, I don't think even a valuable skill set would save you. Well, true. Because right now they care what's in your pants. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you got the wrong thing in your pants, you could get discharged. So, no. But I like the idea of Patrick thinking he's out to evaluate and let, let them know what he thinks of of Weir and what's going on. Um, whereas, you know, Woolsey and the IOA and O'Neill are just sitting back waiting for, you know, an opportunity to put him in charge. Oh, they could even, like, play games with him, tell him, like, well, we were thinking that you could, you know, fill in as the as the civilian leader while we try to sort things out here. And he immediately knows that they're just bullshitting him. This is what you guys <laughs> planned all along, isn't it? You asshole. Who, us? I'm, I'm retired. <laughs> I brought fishing gear. <laughs> Me and the kid are going camping. <laughs> We might let John come. <laughs> I like the idea. But probably not. But probably not. Probably We're not. not really letting John. We're not really letting John come. Be serious. Because McKay's still mad at him. And 
<laughs> John finds out. Wait, you and my kid and McKay are going camping, and I'm not invited. <laughs> well, you know, McKay's still pissed at you. You don't even like camping. So I like that. I like the whole idea a lot. And it's a good impetus to get to get him out of, you know, willing to go. Is that he's yeah. lost David and he needs to re- he needs to connect with the only child he's got left. I like it. I do like the idea of like Sebastian being on the city and like making a list of people that are single and he'd be like, you know, dad, Taylor's really pretty. <laughs> and then when that fails, when he's exhausted all of his female opportunities, he's like, so I like McKay a lot. <laughs> he's my favorite scientist. A lot. This is my favorite scientist. I'm really open on this front. I'd be perfectly content with two dads. <laughs> perfectly content. <laughs> okay, so your turn. <laughs> My turn. Yeah. <laughs> I got um, the phone. I need to work it out. Hmm. Sebastian could go around interviewing the scientists and one of them will be like, so what position are we being interviewed for? Oh, my dad needs a spouse. I'm open. I'm open <laughs> to possibilities. <laughs> well, he could, he I'm could interviewing say, everybody. It, it, He's not allowed he to date just, military because he's the commander, so. <laughs> he could just one-line it, right? He could just they go, what are we being interviewed for? He goes, stepfather. <laughs> Moves on. <laughs> One word, stepfather. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then somebody goes and reports up, do you know that your kid is interviewing people on Atlantis for the position of stepfather? And Rodney can go, is that position open? <laughs> And why haven't I been interviewed? <laughs> You'd be all offended. Make an appointment with the kid. So, why haven't I been interviewed? <laughs> well, I, get, interviewed- I passed you on the. I passed you through, through the first round just based upon your brain power, man. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't need to pre-screen you. You're not an idiot. <laughs> You've already passed the first grading. <laughs> oh, oh, he could be like, he could break in and and, it, and disregard everybody with an IQ of a certain of a certain number. <laughs> People like, why have you? Oh, he's too dumb. <laughs> Which is hilarious because they're like the cream of the crop, you know. <laughs> he's too dumb. His shooting scores are atrocious. 
it occurred to me, again, this would have to be a no Matt, no, no Alex universe because no. Um, <laughs> who was the military officer they sent after the, at, at the, during the siege, the one that came through with the ZTM? Ellis. Who was that? I can't remember. No, it was, was not Ellis. Ellis. It was Elliot. Everett. Thank you. Everett. 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 Thank you. Everett. Yeah, he gets um, set on by a race and tells right. John he wished that John had been there to take him out. Right. I just, well, I, I'm trying to, I'm, I, like I said, I'm just still noodling on the idea in the back of my head, but what if the person that comes through is David instead, who's a SEAL, oh. and comes through as reinforcement, and he just gives John that impressed look and says, by the way, Dad's on the Daedalus. <clears throat> They'll be here in four days. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is the suicide run. I think that would change things a little bit, maybe. Um, I, think, I mean, there would have honestly, to be... John would be more likely to do it if his brother is on the city. Yeah, that's true. I agree. It would it would throw a layer of desperation. The fact that his father is coming to Pegasus is four days out, and David is on the city. It would ramp it all up. Yeah. Yeah, he could he would be even more like we can't wait for this chair. I have to, we have to go. So there comes of course the issue is backing up to why that would happen, and um, I think you'd have to do some kind. Of, they'd they'd have to have been read into the program for some reason, um, and. Patrick would have to have enough clout with somebody to get himself on the Daedalus. So this would be more of a, instead of Patrick being sent to, um, that he's kind of muscling his way to the to, to Atlantis. There's a new president and Patrick happens to be his frat brother. That would work. That would be... Or the new president and Patrick were in the SEALs together. It's a pretty tight bond. Yeah. Serving together. And it would have... And it would have to be... It would have to be... I think you'd have to have it be some kind of military connection where... Because uh, I think the civilian that Patrick is portrayed in, in canon would just, if he had a president, if there was a president whose ear he had, um, he would just demand John B. Polk from Atlantis, as opposed to, I'm going to Atlantis, which is a very different mindset. I think having David and Patrick both be active Navy is interesting. Um, and Patrick being on the Daedalus. It's a little bit... Um, 
it has a, it has a, a lot of elements in common with my Atlantis Codex story, except mm-hmm. of course in that story, Patrick Patrick's sort of dead, not actually dead, but everybody thinks he's dead. Um, but there's, there's but there's there's it's definitely some crossover there with David and um, Matt. Yeah, he was mostly dead all day. Well, he was ascended, remember? Um, but Oh, I hadn't gotten that far in what I'd written. Well, not that anybody had seen. Um, but yeah, Patrick Patrick actually ascended. He didn't die. Because he was an ancient. So I'm trying to think of another point where Patrick could be. I do kind of like the idea of Patrick being in command of the SGC, maybe temporarily while they were searching for the right fit, um, when all the reports come in. And he scrutinizes them. So it just, it always is kind of stuck in my craw that no one said, like they really challenged John a lot about the stuff that had happened on Atlantis in that first year, but they didn't challenge Elizabeth on it. And they really should have. Really should have. That would make Rodney John's Step uncle, <laughs> and that's a big fat violation of my OTP. You go get in the corner with ass. <sighs> Why you guys gotta be all terrible and shit? I just, I just can't. Truly, truly, hell no. This is true. I think she wanted to go to corner. I'm pretty sure she doesn't ever actually get out of the corner. I meant the other one. Oh. With the, the second violator the... of my OTP this evening. People are just trying to split John and Rodney up, guys. Pay attention to who's doing the plot drift before you try breaking those two up. It's just so terrible. Um, it, I, it's just one of those things. If I'm going to get John and Rodney together, Rodney cannot be in a relationship with anybody in John's family at any point in time because it's weird it's just, for me. It's just bad. It's, it's, just bad. it's just bad juju. And John can't be in a relationship with anybody in Rodney's family. Some people may be fine with that kind of diamond. It Them being in a relationship and then breaking up again, yeah, fine, you know, whatever, but not family members, no. It's not breaking them up. It's an AU of an AU. No, it's not. (laughs) It is breaking them up. But again, if you if you want to write them together, that's but we're talking Kira's Kira's plot drifting, and she's not going to write that AU of an AU. So it's a um, the whole the whole it's torturous. It is is torturing me. That's all you're doing. I just feel tortured. But she's not going to drift on that plot, the thread. 
Um, <laughs> I may have even lost the plot. This is entirely possible. Well, okay, but yeah, but I mean, my point is that Kira's not going to pair them with somebody else permanently. No. So, no. So she's not going to write John per- Patrick permanently in a relationship with Rodney and then John in a relationship with who? No. Oh, that's just terrible. It's just terrible. I mean, there's assholery and there's assholery, and I'm pretty sure banging your son's soulmate is just a level of assholery that even Patrick would not stoop to. I do act in Lantian Legacy. David is with Jeannie. So, there is that. So, okay, I'm 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 kind of noodling on something about Duranda, but I'm having a hard time putting the. It's not. It's not. It's not all coming together. I'm trying to think of like going with the idea that Weir tries to get. Rodney off the city. Um, or maybe she's successful. Maybe she actually doesn't tell anybody she's doing it until the orders come through and Rodney's got orders to leave. Um, and it's going to all be reviewed back in. And, you know, like maybe when John tries to confront it, um, the question is, you know, what are you doing? And, and she's like, well, it'll be reviewed back at the SGC. Uh, we can't do that kind of thing here. There needs to be some accounting for this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and um, going with the idea that Shep, one of the things Shepherd Industry makes maybe for the military is weapons. Um, maybe they get somebody they call in. Maybe maybe um, O'Neill's not happy about any of this, so he um, calls in somebody to review things objectively. The person they call in is Patrick. Ooh, I love this. And Patrick then gets to dig into whatever he wants to get dig into in his process of reviewing things and rips Elizabeth Weir to shreds. Yes! I am on board this train. Because maybe he was prior military, military early in his career, and then he so he knows how the military works, and then he went off to go pursue whatever his PhD is in, and he runs separate industries now, and he so he knows all about high energy weapons, and he is um, reviewing all of the stuff and going, I don't understand why this dodo's in charge out there at all, much less why she's critiquing um, a top tier scientist performance. It doesn't make any sense. She's not. Doesn't, she doesn't even understand the science he's doing. Much she doesn't understand military or science. So why does her opinion matter here? Please write this. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I never do that. <laughs> that tells you how excited I am. So Elizabeth thinks she's going to hear back about the whole um, hearing, McKay. thinking it's it, it, it's in the bag about that McKay's gone for good, and instead um, Patrick arrives on the data list, 
Um, maybe they say, we're, you know, the IOA agrees that they'll let him take over as the civilian commander of Atlantis. And Patrick and Rodney both show back up on the city with her orders to depart. <laughs> I love it. She has to have a hissy fit and throw her arms around, though. Teldy <laughs> <laughs> needs her entertainment. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Now, if I recall, that would get him right there just in time to stop the Michael crap, right? Yes. Because if, it, if this all takes several weeks, um, Duranda is episode six and Michael is episode 18. So he could get there just as they're beginning the Michael crap, which let's say that all happened with Rodney off the city. Because it's always kind of my it, – it's a little bit implied by canon that a lot of people objected to that Michael stuff, but they don't dig into it too much. It's sort of like orders were given and they went through with it. But what if Rodney had seriously objected to the idea and without him there, um, it went forward gung-ho. I mean, Ronan clearly was upset about it the whole time. But I never got the impression that, that even John or Rodney were particularly thrilled with the idea. No, it was dumb. It was a dumb idea. It was. Because even if they had been successful, it was never sustainable. And really, it was. It's a. Um, it could be something that Rodney brings up to to Patrick. Is you know this is something that Weir had had lofted and Rodney had shut down, but he had said no to. Um, but but because you know it because it, it's a diplomat's approach. Is she's trying to save the race with a you know there's potentially hundreds of thousands or millions of them. Um, with a with an idea that isn't sustainable, and so he may know all about the proposal before he gets there and finds that it's underway. Like literally underway, like the dude's already on the city. Because if that's the case, I think his first action just should be to shoot it in the head. Yeah, I think that's exactly what he would do. Actually, I kind of see that in my head as he finds out that it's underway, and he makes sure the city's secure, and he just goes in and executes him. Boom. I mean, or I'm he sure gives he the order. Like delegate that task. I'm sure. I'm sure Ron would be perfectly happy to do it. But um, I kind of always have this thing about like when somebody gives an order to, for somebody to be executed that they handle it themselves rather than kind of passing the buck on that. Yeah, yeah. Although I think Ronan would be a little bit disappointed. Really. <laughs> Like I, ha- but man, I had John. Planned. Your dad took my kill. <laughs> I had plans. I was just waiting for him to fuck up so I could do it. Or Ronan develops a really inappropriate crush on Patrick as a result. <laughs> that would be great. Your dad's really hey, hot, I- John. I just want you to know that. <laughs> Patrick could totally hit that, or vice versa. He totally could. <laughs> He totally could. And John could be oblivious to it at first until it's like everybody notices like Ronan's got like hearts in his eyes over Patrick. And he's like, over what? He's like, well, he did like execute that race on the city. But, you know, he's like, but I thought Ronan would be upset about that. He wanted to kill that guy. I think he just wanted him dead. (laughs) 
Yeah, but he was so hot. He's hot. John, I just didn't expect it. <laughs> what am I going to do? Your dad's smoking hot, John. <laughs> Ronan's John's new stepdaddy. <laughs> that would be so weird because <laughs> I kind of feel like Ronan would take that duty very seriously. <laughs> he would. Your father is surprisingly energetic for a man his age. Is this common from Earth? (laughs) And flexible. (laughs) John would need brain bleach every day. Every fucking day he would need to bleach his brain. Especially if Ronan like shows up looking totally fucked out on a regular oh, basis. And John's like, I can't deal with this. I can't deal at all. So you said that David and John will be only children in your idea. Um, is David going to make it well, or is he going to go the way of Everett? Oh no! And the, you know the, the thing is, is David's characterization wouldn't be. Um, see, Everett refused to listen to the scientists. He disrespected John's experience in Pegasus, and I don't see David doing that. No, I don't. I don't see David doing that either. No, I don't think David would die. I, well, not if I if I brought him to the city. No, I wouldn't kill him. Because also because I think that Patrick would have a really hard – I wouldn't put that kind of guilt on Patrick that he took – you know, he he set the ball in motion that took David out there, and then he lost one son. I don't think – I wouldn't wouldn't go that path. So if I took David to the city, he would live, and he wouldn't be set on by a race. So – and the second idea, I don't know what I would do with David. Um, I could make him like – And the idea where Patrick is assessing Rodney's, um, the, you know, he's reviewing the, the, the case for the IOA. Um, I could have David be more of a scientist, like a, and it could be that Patrick's like, why didn't you guys tap us to build these ships? We would have done it much better. Um, I could have David be like an aeronautical engineer or something, and he's around, you know, making changes. So he could go out as like an engineer or something and be on the data list. Um, How do you have that conversation? So David, a couple things. You know that giant disclosure document you just signed? Um, We're going to talk about why. Your brother John is in another galaxy the United States is building spaceships and we weren't invited. How do you feel about that? So, how would you like to go to Pegasus and fight some space catfish? (laughs) (laughs) 
By the way, this Dad, is Dr. Rodney spaceship. McKay. And it would be fun if David, like, totally fangirled <laughs> over McKay. <laughs> but I would say this. Um, you don't have to pick David as the sibling. If we can erase our own OTP, um, our own OCs, we could erase the Canyon brother and replace our own. <laughs> well, that's true. I actually picture, I, I have an easier time seeing Matt as an aeronautical engineer than David, actually, because I've already written Matt as an aeronautical engineer. So mm-hmm. um, that's where my head is. David is an engineer in um, Sentinels of Atlantis. He um, he designed um, the airplane or the jet that Shepard Industries built for Sentinels because his son was a Sentinel. And so he went into um, airplane design um, to uh, to help Sentinels travel. You know, honestly, I totally ship Patrick and Taylor. <laughs> I could totally get behind that. She's a badass. That's almost worse. Leaving worse, your comatose child behind on Earth. Yeah, that would make it. That'd be a real dick move for him to, if David abandoned his very ill. Yeah. You have to think about the ramifications of characterization when you make a decision like that. If you leave David in a coma on Earth and Patrick goes to Pegasus, what does that say about him as a father? Nothing good. What's the rationalization for bringing somebody who's in a coma into a war zone? Yeah, into a war zone. There isn't one. Because if now you could say his wife he's, is in jeopardy. He's at the, he, you could say that he's at the SGC in care yeah. at the SGC because he's a gene carrier and he's at risk and he's in a coma. But again, do you let Patrick go to Pegasus and leave behind his comatose son to be taken care of by strangers? Yeah, because would 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 um, would Patrick even forgive? Would if, if David not Patrick would David if he woke up from his coma and found that his father had had plunked him in the SGC to be, have so he could be looked out for and then left the galaxy? I don't know how forgiving I would feel in that circumstance. That's just a really that's just a big dick move. I think that what would be more interesting is if they put David in one of the ancient pods. Or maybe even a sarcophagus. But then that saves him and it opens up the possibility of why would Patrick pick one child over the other. The whole point was to kill David. (laughs) 
I wouldn't layer Sentinel over my current idea, but what would be interesting is if David was injured very much so in that in that attempt and injured to the point where the only thing that would save him is a symbiote. And he takes on a Tokra. Oh, no, that's interesting. And then as a Tokra, um, he goes Pegasus with Patrick. There, see, this way, it says, okay, you can take the symbiote, dude, but we're not going to let you run around on Earth <laughs> with a Tok'ra in your head. So, um, you can go to Pegasus with your dad. <laughs> you can go to Icarus, well, if he, if he, or you can go to the Alpha Base. <laughs> you got some choices. But you can't run around with a snake on in your head on Earth. That's just a no. That's a no from us. Or it could be that he was just supposed to heal him, and the Tok'ra and David were like, you know what, we kind of actually like this arrangement. We want to, you know, (laughs) he's going to (laughs) stay. We're kind of happy here. Uh, I like him. (laughs) We're good. Thank you, though. Oh, that's actually interesting. Like, if he was snaked against his will and they thought they had a gold, but they had a Tok'ra instead. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. Like, maybe the Tok'ra had infiltrated, um, instead of a gold, like, ball infiltrating the trust, it was the Tok'ra. I think Thoth was used. No, that was Seth. Um, or Set. Uh, I don't know if Thoth was used. But, um... I think I would be tempted. Um, if I'm going to kill a sibling, it would be David. I wouldn't kill my own OC. I, I, don't, I, I don't kill my own babies. Um, and so, it would, it would definitely be um, David. Um, but if I was going to write a story where one uh, a brother joined Patrick, it, I would probably write Matt. So just have David not even exist. Or have David die. You could have him die young. Or have him die in the event protecting Matt. Who maybe isn't military. Maybe Matt's a doctor. Oh yeah, that would like, work. Like he is in Lantern Legacy. Um, he's a he's a he's an OBGYN in, in Lantern Legacy. Because so I was trying to figure out what Matt could do on the city that was a little different than what I've had him do in the past, and I thought, well, 
I think he should help ladies and babies. <laughs> They're going to need one of those. <laughs> okay, so Thoth was definitely on Stargate. He has a wiki injury. He was um, with Anubis. So totally a dick face. But if you gave uh, a shepherd brother a Tokra symbiote, you wouldn't have to use an established name in Egyptian mythology. You could pick up your own name because, uh, for the most part, I don't think the Tokra had any of those names. They didn't adopt god personalities. That was the whole point. They rebelled against Ra. Denise is all in on making Taylor, I mean, um, making Patrick um, Taylor's baby daddy. (laughs) What are you noodling? I'm just, um, I'm just trying to noodle like different ways of getting more shepherds on the city. <laughs> more than all two. The shepherds. More getting than all two. the shepherds. Okay. Um I think if they're all revealed to be gene carriers, that the argument that they're not safe on Earth because they've been positively identified by the trust, um, as gene carriers and which makes them something that can be used against the SGC. Um that they'd want tightly control over that. Um, The knowledge of who is a gene carrier and who isn't. Especially with the ancient control chair in play. She does need a great baby daddy. She does. If I'm getting all the shepherds on Atlantis, though, David can be her baby daddy. Um, Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) I'm all aboard that train, too. Um, But, yeah, I think the ATA gene is a a good excuse to put them all in the city um, for their own safety. Because um, it's it's the one environment where gene carriers are especially valuable. And the SGC, um, with the number of head grabbers apparently exist in um, the Milky Way, being a, a gene carrier can be more dangerous than it is beneficial. Well, yeah, but, there's, there's that. And Atlantis, they're uniquely valuable. They can run technology. They can fly jumpers. They can They can get in the city chair. They can defend Atlantis with ancient weapons. Things that People who don't have the gene can't do, which makes them very valuable for Atlantis and less valuable for the SGC and more of a threat if they're left on Earth and who are available. And like, 
like, okay, so there's probably a whole bunch of gene carriers rumbling around Earth, but the trust doesn't know who they are. What if that's the key? What if they get some intel that, that um, okay, I just had it. Hmm, it's a little derivative of myself, but I don't know that I care. I can be derivative of myself. Um, you absolutely can. What, I am all the time. What if that's the thing? Is they find out that the trust has gotten the um, um, the genetic profile of the ATA gene, and it, it gets leaked somehow. That they and they're scanning all known DNA databases for it which is something that the SGC has never done, that they've maybe just scanned military databases because maybe they don't care about anything but military databases. And if Patrick was discharged from the military before, I want to say it's 1991, his DNA wouldn't be in their registry. Right. Because it didn't exist. I think it was 1991, but I have to double-check that. But anyway, so what if they're checking all known databases? And so the SGC now has to go check all known DNA databases for um, gene carriers, including law enforcement ones. And this is where I become derivative of myself. You find Alex. <laughs> yes. I love this already. And that Alex is at the SGC, which he wants you to know he's Alex, he's Tony. And they're like, well, he's a shoe-in to send to Atlanta. He's an NCIS agent. He's, an, he's like the easiest civilian we could have found to send to Atlantis. We can send him out there as an agent afloat. Um, and then when they bring the shepherds in, somebody does a little bit. They go, their, their gene is very similar. It's, it's interesting how close, you know, Tony Genozo's ATA gene is to the, the shepherd gene. Isn't that peculiar? Not so peculiar. And that then, because Alex is going, and because they're sending him out there to be, it becomes easier to persuade David and Patrick and Matt to go because Alex is already headed that direction. Or maybe he's already there. And John's already there. And John's there. I do like the idea of Tony going to Atlantis and then John finding out that he's Alex. Yeah. It actually could be discovered all simultaneously. It could be still in the city. It's because maybe Beckett starts looking at his, his ATA gene and says it's remarkably similar to Shepard's. In fact, it's identical to Shepard's. That's a little crazy. Let me look at this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you would need some hook to compare people's DNA, despite what sometimes we see in media is just people having being related doesn't pop up in DNA registries unless you specifically tell it to look for familial matches. Identical matches, yes, it will find your own DNA in a database. But anybody you're related to, not unless it's specifically being told to do that. And familial DNA matches are not standard at the federal level. Only some... um, some local jurisdictions do them by standardly when they have like an unidentified person or something like that. But at the federal level, it's not standard to do that. I did research. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> and Atlantis might twig into it immediately. Atlantis might get his DNA sample and immediately classify him as a first-degree relative of John Shepard's. 
That would be funny as fuck, actually. But not funny to me. Maybe not so funny to John and Alex. John would be like, is it the, um, why are you so hot for the NCIS guy? Oh, what's up? <laughs> John's a little jealous. <laughs> oh, but I, th- I think what if it just happened? They'd like, you're they get my city. <laughs> yeah, they get a blood sample from, from Tony when he lands on the city. And then, um, um, Atlantis immediately classifies that as first degree relative his brother recognizes as a as a brother and um puts that information into the system and maybe rodney's the first person who notices it and goes what's this shit <laughs> why does atlantis think you have a brother on the city or maybe it's told to tony first and he thinks i don't have a brother on the city i don't have any brothers what are you talking about it might have updated in his personnel file. The city did it. So yeah. he's reviewing his yeah. file, and he sees that he has a... That his next of kin has been updated. <laughs> <laughs> and they could even say it in medical and say, okay, we see that your next of kin has been updated to reflect the family member you have on the city. Or do you want to keep Colonel Shepard as your next of kin? He's like, wait, what? Who? The who, what now? I don't have any idea what you're talking about. I don't have any next of kin. I'm an only child. (laughs) I'm very entertained by that, actually. And in the meantime, they've been rounding up civilians who are also, and they get all the rest of the shepherds in, and Patrick isn't quite certain which way he wants to go with the options the SGC has presented him until they say, by the way, guess what we just found out? You have two sons on Atlantis. Well, oh, he'd be so furious? Like to... Because not only oh, is, has John carted himself off to Pegasus, but somehow the child that was taken from him, kidnapped as an infant, is also on Atlantis. They better hope they have a ship in orbit or he'd be, he'd be going out to build one. <laughs> yeah, we're going to figure what out how to you charge you can't right now. Atlantis and let me go now. You need more power? Okay. (laughs) I'll be right back. (laughs) Wouldn't it be hilarious if, like, one of of their siblings, like, it could be Jeannie or or Matt or whatever, um, they get to the SGC and they're looking at, like, say, the ZPM calculations. And they're just doodling with it, and they figure out how to charge a ZPM in like a half hour. <laughs> Matt and Jeannie That's together, cool. and they're like, and they're like, oh yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Well, how could you guys have not thought of this? The smugness, the smugness would be overwhelming. They would dial the gate. How are you guys? Oh, well, you see, Rodney's sister. And John's brother were in the cafeteria sharing a pie. <laughs> and Rodney's notes on the ZPM calculations. And, well, they solved it. They charged, the Z- they charged all the ZPMs. So we're going to bring Our you a couple. Our just went way down. We're going to bring you a couple. Um, and, by the way, John, 
your dad's currently packing a crate. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> oh, well, now, catch, now that'd be an interesting way of getting rid of Elizabeth is because both of his sons are out there, suddenly Patrick is very invested in looking into all of the mission reports from um, – the, from the first year of Atlantis, or first year and a half, or whatever, and he 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 flips his shit and calls the president and said, "What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? What the fuck was that? <laughs> what the fuck is all this you're shit?" Get rid of her. And you're gonna get rid of her, and you're gonna get rid of Landry, who let this all happen, and who didn't question it to begin with. And I am so done with you people. It's like that line in "Hold My Coffee" when um. John is worried about what his father is going to do in the SGC, um, and, you know, not to make waves. And Patrick's like, make waves. I'm going to be running this place when you come back. <laughs> <laughs> make myself at home. Ask my chair and he'll get up. You're in my spot. You know, honestly, uh, I think Rodney would be so excited to have a ZPM charged that he would not give a flying fuck who did it. And that his sister did it, he'd be bragging up and down everywhere. It's in our genetics. Yeah, my niece could have done it, but she yeah. didn't have the access. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Because Rodney's many things, but he's not petty about discovery. He is no, all in. I don't think science. so either. Um, he's all excited. He's all in. So I do have this idea that um in my verse where Sebastian's on the city is that he sneaks off and explores shit that, that nobody else has explored and they keep having to like do searches for him. But and he stumbles across the ZPM charger <laughs> in a closet. <laughs> like, hey, Dr. McKay, I found something that looks like, you know, I think a ZPM goes down in here. And he's got his head half in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure a ZPM that would be, would this. That would be hysterical. <laughs> I would totally love that. I think a ZPM fits in the slot. What do you think this thing does? Or better yet, he like stumbles across the manufacturing plant for the ZPMs. And what if it's what if you charge it with something really benign like salt water? And that's why Atlantis is sitting on the ocean. Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> He would be like, Sebastian, would you get your head out of the ancient device? Oh, my God. John's going to kill me. <laughs> kill me. I think my first thought was your dad's going to kill me. Kill me. If your grandfather doesn't beat him to it. John, it wasn't my fault. That could be the first thing out of Rodney's mouth. John, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't even he my turn away. to watch the kid. <laughs> 
It's your fault. I'm pretty you're sure. You're a terrible parent. I'm pretty sure it was. You're the you're the one who who made him like this. I'm pretty sure it was somebody else's turn to watch him. It was not mine. I'm not a babysitter. Um, and maybe Sebastian is such a an escape artist that John just finally gives into it and goes, "Look, okay, I'm gonna make this part of your job. We're gonna test the Marines to see who you can get away from." Because those that you can are going to get extra time running laps. Little League Seer training. (laughs) Half the platoons mad at him on a regular basis. (laughs) Like, it's not my fault you're this easy, man. I shouldn't have been able to get away from you. If you weren't looking at McKay's ass, I wouldn't have been able to get away from you at all. What do you mean, Sergeant, you were looking at McKay's ass? Really? (laughs) I didn't just hear that. It seems like you did. John would flip his shit if ancient technology kidnapped his kid to make ZPMs. (laughs) Oh, but you know, what if Atlantis leads him there? What if because Sebastian is so young, he's easier to influence? And while John ignores her, Sebastian doesn't. He's like, oh, okay, city. Whatever you want. La, 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 la. This looks cool. We can go here. Because ancient technology does require a mental component. What if it's just because Sebastian is so young and so open to new experiences that he has, that the city has a really easy time connecting with him? And maybe she's already tried it once before. But it didn't work out because the kid didn't have the gene. And if you've watched Atlantis, you know I'm talking about Gento, when he found the energy creature by accident. Yeah. Yeah. So she realized she couldn't Accident. use any of the Thosian's kids because they didn't have the gene. But then John brings Sebastian to the city, and he has the gene. And that's all she needs. And maybe it isn't so much that he finds the ZPM charging station, but he finds part of the city where the ancients lock the AI. And he unleashed and he unleashes Atlantis, the artificial intelligence. I love that idea. That's a that's a great idea. I like it better than Patrick coming to the city for my April project. Although I like that too, maybe for like. Um, I like the idea of just Sebastian and the city kind of like bonding and Sebastian finding finding Atlantis. Which I think is going to be my title. <laughs> Ta-da! Sebastian finds what? Sebastian no, just finds finding Atlantis? Atlantis. Just finding Atlantis. Oh, finding Atlantis. Atlantis. 
I think I think John or Rodney would definitely lowjack Sebastian. He would need to be lowjacked. <laughs> well, they lowjacked him in, in what might have been. He even called it that. He's an old little kid. Who's, he's an old little kid on the planet who'd been lowjacked. <laughs> Poor puppy. So would this be a sequel to The Bridge? Yeah. Yeah. When I wrote The Bridge, I, I, I immediately wanted to expand on it, but then I got distracted by something else. Maybe, maybe Hold My Coffee. This is around the same time I, I wrote all those together um, for prompts. Um, but I like the idea of, of Sebastian um, just being very susceptible to it uh, because he's young. Yeah, maybe maybe the AI isn't the first thing he finds. Maybe he finds other things first, like she's guiding him to places that fixing, like on her path to being recovered. This has to be fixed, and this has to be fixed, so that when he gets to the point where he can, can he can unleash, he can get her out of captivity. She has somewhere to go. She has the the resources that she needs. Ah, so things are fixed. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. We have ninety seconds. This we is, have we have one minute. This would be no hardship story to read. I'd be super <laughs> no, excited I, about I really it. I really like the idea of it. I've never really written a whole lot from Sebastian's point of view, so it'd be really cool. Yeah, she would need more power. There could be um, conduits connections that need to be um, fixed, shortages. Um, Maybe even he could figure out how to freaking defrag the ancient database. (laughs) Like, oh, we just need to push this button. Don't push the... Oh, fuck, he pushed the button. (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> we're down to 24 seconds. You guys, I hope you're having a great week, and um, thank you for joining us. Say good night, Julie. Good night, everyone. Good night.